Hub sessions took place at the 2020 Airport Experience Conference in Denver. We share them with you now, courtesy of Plaza Premium Group, the Hub Session sponsor. This Hub Session features a conversation with Bethany Nonami, CEO of Marley Nonami. All right, so this is the second session of our Airport Experience Hub Session sponsored by Plaza Premium Group. I'm joined by um, Bethany Nonami, the CEO of Marley Nonami. Yes. Did I say that correctly? Because I went through that really fast. Yes, you Okay, did. perfect. And the title of the session is The Value of Incremental Change, Yielding Substantive Results. I know that the gist of what we were going to talk about, um, innovation, but not necessarily technology. Right. Correct? Right. So um, before we get into any of that, I want you to kind of talk about your background and I guess what led us here. Okay. Yeah, so I have always been fascinated by people, how they engage and really understanding the process. So I love to analyze things from all these different angles. And from a very young age, I love to solve problems and figure out a faster and better way to do things. Um, I was raised by a single mom and she was sick most of my life. So I had to figure out how to juggle taking care of her working a demanding career in technology, and then at one point managing my own family. So figuring out the best way to manage life. And there's always, when I looked at what was going on and what was where I was struggling, it was really not necessarily me, but it was the system or the process or how I was doing something. And that's kind of where I figured out what I really love to do. So I've been in technology almost 30 years. I've worked for IBM and CETA, designing, selling, implementing software. So I learned how to program and I learned how to analyze data and more importantly, understand the story that data is telling us and how can we make things better during the engagement, the interaction, during the entire experience. So that story tells a better story that the customers experience. Okay, so I th- what... I guess how you and I connected on many levels, but like one of the things that we talked about when we were discussing what we would discuss today was that I guess innovation doesn't have to be so revolutionary or so drastic right. to make an impact. Right. And that's why I kind of, that what, that's what attracted me to speaking with you and having you on here was because if we just do enough of the little things, right. the sum of those things can yield tremendous results. And that's kind of the gist of what, and again, I'm not talking about creating robots and flying machines to really, right create uh, a better experience in airports, correct? Right, absolutely. And I I think there's a misconception that incremental changes means that you have to have this incremental way of thinking and this mindset, and that's not necessarily the case. So we can make small changes and make a tremendous impact combining those small changes. And, but I think it's important that we have a shared meeting which is different than a shared goal. So often organizations have a goal for my team or a goal for the organization or a goal for the customer, but we don't necessarily have a personal shared meaning. So perfect example, when my mom lost her mobility, she was in a wheelchair, used to love to travel and went from loving travel to absolutely hating it because her experience had changed so much. She couldn't get up and go grab a tea. She couldn't go to the bathroom by herself. So her entire experience, because she didn't have her mobility, just went down the toilet. And so it's, if I see someone at a gate that's an older person that's sitting there in a wheelchair, it's instinctual and meaningful to me to help that person because in my mind, they have the same feeling that my mom had sitting at the gate, alone, isolated. 
and just really no dignity. And if I see a parent that is struggling on the brink of tears and they have more kids than they have hands, then that has meaning to me. And I think it's important that the organization has a shared meaning to help drive that mission and drive that purpose. But before we make any incremental changes, we have to really understand where we're meeting expectations and where we're failing. Because Forrester does this survey every year on the customer experience index. So they look at industries and rate people one to seven, one meaning you completely failed the customer. Worst, worst, worst job. And seven being you exceeded their expectations. And when they interviewed all these executives, the executives said, well, we're focusing on the number ones. Like we cannot have these awful experiences. But what the data showed was you don't want to focus on the ones. Like they're kind of a lost cause. Yes, you should improve the experience, but the three, four, fives where they're neutral mm -hmm. or you're meeting the experience, if you can just move those to a seven where they're consistently happy, exceeding the expectations, then that can result in a 9x improvement in revenue. So they looked at the airline, said three, four, fives people, $200, $300 a year is what they spend on travel. But if I get them to a seven and I consistently exceed their expectations, they'll spend $2,000 a year. So the incremental change is also incremental movement. Yes. Towards a certain goal. Absolutely. But um, are we thinking incrementally because it's achievable or just we're just cautious and trepidatiously like moving well, I, I think, forward? And I think on? both because many of us want things to be better, but also don't want the risk of them failing. But there's also the rush to make it better now as opposed to like something that's going to be better for me or us down the road, right? Yeah, absolutely. But I think there's, there's subtle changes that we can make that may make a tremendous difference in the experience overall, that may not be disrupting the entire process, but it can just be these little incremental changes that really make an impact. So what's an example? I mean, you, you mentioned airports, you were mm -hmm. in um, travel, you definitely travel a yeah. lot and you, and you study this space, yeah. but what's an example? You mentioned your mom, but yeah. maybe something more recent that you could apply this to as far as like when I used to fly out of, I think your home base is in Tampa. Yes. Your, your home airport is Tampa. Yes. Um, like flying out of Tampa in some ways. Yes. Kate is saying thank you. Um, but flying out of Tampa, uh, maybe one experience in one day when you flew out was one way, but then it, maybe the carpet improved. It's, it's tough because Tampa's improved a lot, but right, you know, right. something like that, right. I guess. So many, many airports have staff that direct security. Pre-check yeah. is this way. The regular security line is that way. And, even if you're an experienced travel, you can see the sea of people in security and be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to miss my flight. I don't know how long it's going to take to get these people through security, but it looks pretty bad. So instantly I have this level of anxiety and stress and I'm starting to sweat. Now, if you have people there, then what's to stop them from saying, you know, don't worry. I know it looks like a lot of people, but this is really like a 10, 15 minute line. So we'll get you through as quickly as we can, pre-check to the left, regular security to the right. So how do you, oftentimes in airports, we have physical constraints, we have resource constraints, sure. but how do you leverage who you already have within those constraints to make it better? You have volunteers. Volunteers, sometimes at airports, greet you when you get into the city. Welcome, do you need information? But 
a lot of our volunteers might be this hidden talent pool and maybe they're historians. Maybe they can share interesting facts about the art, art or culture or history. There's so many opportunities that we can leverage people that we have or even the physical spaces that we have to make those things better. There's smells, lighting, plants, water features, digital features. All of these things are tiny little things that make people feel a different way. And you're saying that has a tremendous impact in the sum of those things. Yes. Can elevate, because I know when we, uh, in airports, as everyone here knows, we, where we value um, creating a sense of place, right. right? And so it's always all at once where we have more foliage, uh, more seating, <laughs> whatever it is. Right. But that's, that's, to me, that's extremely impactful and, and um, significant. Right. As opposed to just um, maybe, the, I don't know if you see that as a small step. I don't. Right. I mean, am right. I wrong or? No, I think. Even paint and lighting is yeah, very significant. It is. It is. It can be. Um, but there are also things that we could have a, a constrained security space that's always congested. But there's ways that we can install art or uh, do simple minor things that just break that tension and remove that stress. So I, I guess one of the things that we also spoke about uh, was with regards to technology. Right. And um, I've had many conversations during my time here at the show where we mentioned the word innovation and people just immediately make a right turn into the technology right. neighborhood or street. Right. And it's not always the case. Right. So are we trying, are we just trying to, um, I guess, eliminate the technology for technology's sake? Or are we still trying to retain some of the human element of what we, it is that we're trying to apply to our environments? Well, I think innovation in itself is just making something better. And if we do innovation well, it improves the experience, it improves lives, and it changes behavior. So if there are ways that we can, and, and sometimes technology is awesome, but it can also ruin the experience. If you've ever gone to conferences and you're supposed to scan a QR code and the QR code won't scan and they don't want you to print, but then the printer's not working and all of these things are completely reliant on technology. And when it fails us, it's awful. So how can we use that innovative way to think to make something better? And I think that that's a challenge when we're in this environment day in and day out. And this is the way we're used to doing things. That doesn't necessarily mean that's the only way to do things. How can we make that experience better with just an innovative way to think? Is that the wild card in technology? In that it, the, the rate of failure in some ways mm -hmm. or the misapplication of it and thus the misuse of it and, and resulting in something that's not a pleasurable experience? Yeah, I mean And, that, and why you want to veer away from that first That and, and really good salespeople that don't know their products. I mean, it's, it's, Hopefully nobody have, here. <laughs> you have these people that set these expectations for this great vision and that takes time, it's software or not. And sometimes we don't have the resources to do those things. So I think really understanding if this technology is going to improve this the way that we need it to, the way that our shareholders and everyone's expecting it to, or is there a way that we don't need technology to do that? It's a process or a, a configuration change that we can make to improve that experience without the tech. 
And so with us, it would be, I guess, gathering that coalition of folks, all the stakeholders, right? Right. That would be the airports, the uh, food and retail operators, uh, the airlines themselves. Right. Just being the, the, having that coalition of the willing to execute on the stuff. Right. I mean, that's what's needed here. Yeah. Our true community-based, focused, right. initiated uh, right. uh, action. Right. And sometimes our departments are very siloed and decisions. Maybe a department says, hey, IT, this is the problem. And IT's job is to go solve that problem without the different perspectives of what that affects at the total, the total experience, even from the air side and the employee side and the airline side. They're looking to solve just that one problem and maybe not even knowing the problem fully. This hub session is sponsored by Plaza Premium Group. Plaza Premium Group is the pioneer and industry leader in providing premium airport hospitality services, such as lounges, hotels, meet and greet services, and dining in over 160 locations in 45 international airports across the world. The goal, make travel better. Plaza Premium Lounge is an independent lounge that gives travelers a haven away from the hustle and bustle of the airport. Travelers experience comfortable seating, enticing food and beverage, private resting suites, VIP rooms, Wi-Fi, and more. Don't your travelers deserve a home away from home? Sure they do. For more information on how to bring a Plaza Premium Lounge to your airport, visit plazapremiumgroup.com. Plaza Premium Group. We make travel better. It seems like right now as we're talking, is this more of an arts and a science that we're talking about these, these types of changes? It is. I mean, we're not STEM, we're STEAM now, but right. is it? Uh, it know? is. Because, and, and, you know, the other challenge we have is we all have our own bias and our own past experience that influences how we make decisions. So are we okay being open that this might not be the only way? There may be other paths and other solutions to solve these problems no matter how awesome we are and no matter how much success we've had in the past, can we be open to accepting different solutions to solve that problem? So I don't want to get too granular in this, but it seems like if we are going to apply, apply anything in our environments, it would have to be for the lowest common denominator, right? I mean, the most right. common thing that applies to everyone. Uh, there isn't that magic bullet, but you can still build upon that. Absolutely. You know, everyone loves better, brighter lighting, uh, more plants, uh, you know, softer music. Right. That's everyone agrees on that. Right. But we you're saying it's kind of like stackable at that point from from that. Period. Yes. Yeah. So what is an example of you would say that, you know, we can imagine that? I, I guess I'm just trying to get to something more tangible that we can kind of learn from. And, uh, and again, you fly through Tampa a lot. Yeah. So they have a new program, you know, they opened up all their landside stuff. It's all bright and airy. I remember from what it was before, right. uh, nothing to disparage uh, what it was, but right. I can only talk to what it is now. Right. So uh, again, a lot of thought was put into making sure that it hit a lot, various touch points, the, the senses, yeah. et cetera, to kind of make that amenable. Is that kind of like the foundation of the incremental change that you're trying to Yeah, I mean, we, some of it can come from even just training and the experience that most of us have through security checkpoints, probably not the funnest some days. And 
is there a way that we can empower our people to be more hospitable or more conversational? And I know it's stressful and I know you probably have to deal with a lot of different personalities, but even them understanding you don't know the frame of mind that people are in. They may be going to bury a parent. They may be dealing with an ailment or a chronic disease. They may be going to the biggest interview or meeting of their lives. And in some cases, people are physically drained, emotionally drained, or even worse, in emotional distress or some type of harm. So how can everyone that interacts with people be more empathetic to the struggle that comes with travel in general? And a lot of times that starts with our people too, which wouldn't necessarily need it. Our people, sta the staff, our staff say, yeah. at the airport. Mm -hmm. So it's really starting from above, building from the bottom. Right. Right. So if I gave you a blank check in some ways to create and improve an experience somewhere, what would that be? And I guess I don't want you to pick an airport. That would be yeah. wrong to set me up to have me set you up like this. But what would that be? Uh, what would it look like? Um, so that's a good question. This is going to be your airport, and you can make it in any way you want. That's going to be perfect. Well, I'll just say, keep it I fun. If I could get somebody to just take my kids, take my stuff, and like meet me on the other side, no. Um, so I think there's the experience that the things that matter to me when I'm traveling for business are very different than the things that matter for me if I'm traveling with someone that's wheelchair bound. So understanding the needs of the customer through the experience in the eyes of the customer. I think that making it easy for me to drop my things off, easy for me to get through security and having the right expectation across that journey. So there's a ton of information that the airports might have about how long security is gonna take. And a lot of that information, if it gets into the passenger's hand, it sets the expectation. So how can we get some of the information that is accessible to us as the airport or as the staff to the people that are coming to the airport so they have a better expectation of going through the different phases of the journey. Um, so I think that there are, there are many opportunities that we could potentially make that process less stressful and giving us choices to enjoy different types of food, to be able to relax at the gate and have ample chargers and it's just ways that we can serve the masses, but still make them feel like it's very personal and they have choices and options and they get to choose how do they experience the airports. Is there a danger in us, I guess, delving too much into the minutia and uh, therefore slowing things down? I mean, uh, I'm not going to want well, mean to disparage anyone but like we do move at sometimes a glacial pace yeah and when you bog that you compound that problem by looking down into the details and i know the devil's right. in the details right. but still right. that kind of tends to hold us back in implementing things well there can be but if you if you have 10 different ways that you think you can increase parking revenue and they're all our assumptions and they're all our best ideas but we don't know which one is going to work so I think when you take an incremental approach, you can try one idea, test it, measure it. Is it moving the needle at all? Is it increasing parking? Is it increasing our customer satisfaction rate? And that's not as risky or as much for us to take on. And that idea might fail miserably. So if we have multiple things that we can choose from, then it's a matter of testing and experimenting each one to see which one's going to impact 
And maybe it's a combination of multiple tiny things that actually help increase those goals. Is there an environment that you see out there uh, apart from this one that you can point to is that's a great uh, venue or environment that like gets it in terms of making it something impactful. I mean, I can, I could probably default to something like Disney, you yeah. know, and, and the people who, this is really weird, but the, you know, to draw the characters on the ground with their broomsticks and, yeah. and whatever. And my kids used to just stop and pay attention. It makes it very pleasurable and it's yeah. part of the whole Disney feel. Yeah. I mean, is there an environment that's similar that you would, uh, or, or even, you know, you can use my example, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Disney's the master of moments. They, they stride themselves on creating remarkable and memorable moments. And they've mastered it to the point that they're idolized by many other industries. And I think, so another example is working in the, in the healthcare environment. Yes. And if you've been the person that's sick or if you've been the person caring for the person that's sick, navigating places that you've never been and finding a parking space that's by a door and not knowing that the door that you're going to is way on the other side is stressful. So how can we understand, okay, the person's arrived and this is the closest door to get to your doctor's appointment. And oh, by the way, you need to go take a test. And oh, by the way, you need to get your prescription and all of these moving parts and pieces that on top of my emotional stress, I have to deal with physically navigating and trying to keep it all together when I don't know what my day is going to challenge me with. So taking experiences that you know people are coming for chemo are very difficult, are not going to be fun. They're sick, they're tired, they're stressed, they're overwhelmed. And how can you make moments that matter on these uncontrollable, horrible things that we have to deal with. Are we talking about Instagrammable moments? Or oh, no, no. <laughs> I'm not talking about pic taking pictures of food <laughs> when you're in a restaurant or like selfies, you know, uh, with a great mountain range in the background, yeah. but, you know, creating moments within an airport with that uh, our, our takeaway. I mean, that's where the sense yeah. of place really comes in. Absolutely. Because we still have choices, whether you're in a metropolitan city or not. Um, we have choices when it comes to airports. We have choices when it comes to airlines. And if there's nothing to stand out from any other airport, then there's really no loyalty. So how do we create those moments that drive that raving fan loyalty where they will only fly out of our airport because of these experiences that we've delivered? Gotcha. So do you feel that there's a disconnect between those who are the creators of the experience? versus the ones who are ex experienced doing the experiencing, I guess the traveler versus the airport, et cetera? Yes, I think, and, and it's hard for us to, to remember because we live in our, our airports and our environments day in and day out. So it's easy to forget what it was like the first time we came into this environment and it was overwhelming for us. So we have to not only look at it through the customer's eyes, but just like David said earlier, remember what that felt like and being empathetic at all times for the person that's stressed or anxious or disgruntled because of a bad experience they had two years ago when they flew to the airport. So how can we figure out ways to make that experience better through the eyes of the customer's lens? So if we're traveling and 
we have these stresses that we deal with on a daily basis and we're late and we're rushing and we're behind a family that has six kids and five strollers and three car seats. It's really hard to remember what that was like because I've heard you talk about traveling with your kids, yes. especially when they were younger and yes. how hard that was. <laughs> and most of us have had that moment where we became that parent with the screaming child and you have no control at that point. You're doing everything, nothing's working. But even as a parent that's been that person, you don't want to sit next to the screaming baby. And that was you. Oh, so, thank you. <laughs> not always, no. That was me. That was me. Uh, so it's really remembering that this is really a struggle for people. And even though we've mastered it and we've kind of become immune to how hard that was, or how easy it is to travel with our kids now. And thank goodness they're not young like that anymore. No, And it's so really keeping an eye on the pulse, but I think it's something that can't be talked about and told. Um, David mentioned bringing up like an avatar and figuring out what they like, what they hate, what they love, uh, what they expect and what they wanna have. And I think that that's one of those things that you have to have that aha moment. Mm -hmm. So if you're the person that's going to say, how can we make this better for a parent? Then you need to go through the experience with all the stuff that you would have as a parent with the kids running multiple directions. If you're the person that's saying, how can we make this more accessible for people that have disabilities? Then you need to walk the walk through the airport. So we're putting our person. own experiences, personal experiences into the experience that we're trying to create in right. our environment. I, right. I love traveling, uh, having wide spaces to travel with children, you know? Uh, so maybe when I create these uh, aisleways, they are nice and wide for strollers and baggage. And right, right. Oh, I totally get it. Totally. My, so Bethany, my last question for you is, uh, and I know a lot of airports hate hearing this when it's asked, but you know, there's gotta be some airports out there abroad <laughs> that yeah. you might've seen that have great examples yeah. or great models of what you're saying in, in terms of applying incremental change to right. have great results. Right. So Johannesburg in South Africa has Oops. singing bathroom attendants. So it's something that you don't expect to see anybody singing in the bathroom, but it was something that I actually look forward to. And I specifically went to the bathroom to hear the woman sing again before I left Johannesburg. I didn't even have to go to the bathroom, um, but it's, it's simple. It's, I mean, they took so much pride in what they did and they, they, they felt like it was their duty and their responsibility. Um, Madrid has their janitorial staffs are on like tricycles. It's basically a three wheel bike with like a milk crate on the back and they have their essentials. But whenever there's a problem or an issue, they bicycle to the bathroom and they can respond so much quicker because 80% of the problems are the same thing. They only need a couple things to do that. Sure. They don't need the rolls of toilet paper and the trash bags. Um, in Korea, they have reclining chairs in darkened corners. So if you want to get a power nap, it's like a lazy boy in your basement. So okay. it's dark without the basement smell and you can take a nap. And then after you wake up refreshed, you can take a free shower. They have towels, they have all of these different things. And Singapore is one that always gets a lot of coverage, but I of don't course. think the power is in the experiences. I think the power is in the choice. So if you're dealing with stress and tension, maybe you want to go to the butterfly garden, but maybe I'm just like a pinned up ball of energy. I'm going to the snowball fight or I'm going to go swimming. 
or maybe you just want to escape life because you have a lot on your plate and you just need to escape. So I have the ability to go to the movies and just get away. So I think really the power in having these different experiences is you probably know best what you need in that moment. And if you have a choice to be able to get that and have that experience and feel better emotionally, then that's pretty powerful. Oh, it is. Well, Bethany, I want to thank you for taking the time to speak with me. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, that's uh, the last uh, of these sessions. The first half of the sessions, we'll be starting up again, discussing artificial intelligence, micro hotels, and we have a craft brewer coming in to speak, and that will be beginning at two o'clock. So thank you for coming, and I'll see you back.